Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast, a tantalising trawl twixt the highs and lows of being top of the league, just still. This week, we're joined by Norwich City ladies captain Millie Davis, left-back Alice Parker, and then head coach Sean Howes, once he'd worked out how to work his computer. But before that, John and I catch up on an eventful few days for the men's club. John Punt, we couldn't sell all our tickets. Yeah, it's a bit of a shocker, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, I'm really, really surprised. I thought that we would sell out pretty much in 20, 25 minutes. But I think it's suggestive of the fact that people are just really unsure about football and going back to normal and, you know, all of that. I mean, lots of people kind of made noises that they were really keen to go back and let fans in. And the club clearly were confident that, that they'd do well. I mean, let's let, let's be clear. They will sell all the tickets. It's just ultimately really bizarre that of probably was it about 20,000 season ticket holders now I think like a thousand or two have have um taken their rebate this year so out of roughly 20,000 people they couldn't get 4,000 to to sell for for Forest and um, Sheffield Wednesday really quickly I'm really surprised really really surprised I think it's the time of year I think it's the uh, fact that people are getting well adjusted readjusted to you know coming out of lockdown um, you know, people are so used to assuming they can't do things, um, and 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 maybe actually committing to to family stuff, i.e., family stuff in the house, and 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 it, it, maybe they they don't, yeah. then they're not used to having those same arguments of well, no, I'm going to football. I always go to football on a Saturday. It's been a long time since you've been able to kind of do that. Um, I, I was, I'm I'm personally was in two minds about whether or not I was willing to go on the basis of, um, I, I'm not sure I want the the atmosphere like it's going to be so for example i enjoyed listening to the 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 noise of luton um so we're recording this on on thursday evening so last night we 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 played away at luton um and i enjoyed hearing fans again that that was wonderful but i just think that a thousand in kenilworth road is going to be a lot different to two thousand in carrow road in terms of how empty it's going to seem um and actually looking at the pne although a good friend of mine colo did go um and and, and enjoyed it I, it it looked it felt wrong to me it felt it felt too too odd and and i, I part of me thinks i don't want to go until there's at least 8000 and it feels more like there's enough people there who are going to sing and it's just going to feel too much like a friendly when i'm going to be so invested and care so much and be so involved emotionally in in what's happening in front of me if what's happening around me in the stands doesn't match my level of intensity because that it can't, because there's not enough of us. If you see what I mean, I almost feel like that's so. That's the reason that I didn't snap up a ticket because I I almost feel like I don't want to. I want Carrow Road back when it's Carrow Road, not when it's like a friendly at Emerald Park. Yeah, I, I see that. I absolutely see that, and I kind of I share that sentiment. I'd I'd couple it with the fact that um, you know lots of people are continuing to make sacrifices, and I get people's desire to go to the football. I really understand it, and I I feel that too. Um, but equally, I'm, you know, for me as, you know, kind of a part of a family unit, we're not mixing with any other families or any other households over Christmas. So it, for me, it's a little bit of a nonsense to say, right, well, I can go to the football and kind of sit sit around with 2,000 other people watching Norwich City, but I'm not going to go and see my mum and dad and my brothers, you know, kind of and um, over the Christmas period. Or, so I couldn't really reconcile that in my mind. And I think I might be like quite a lot of other people who, probably haven't got a massive appetite to go back and until 
you know, the the very vulnerable are vaccinated, the extremely vulnerable are vaccinated, and you know, lots of other people um, are vaccinated too. So, I don't know. Maybe I think you're right about the time of year, but I genuinely think you know, kind of everyone underestimated the fact that that you know, everyone thought that that two thousand seats would just be snapped up really, really quickly. Um, but to to your point about the noise levels, though. Um, I don't know what what Colo said about it, but I remember distinctly looking at um, Michael Bailey's reports of the thousand at PNE, and he was astounded at the amount of noise that was generated by the thousand fans at, at the Preston North End game, and you know, obviously double that. I think people are going to feel a sense of duty to sing on behalf of the people that aren't there. I think everyone, you know, it seemed like Luton at, at times, you know, kind of there was a bit of camaraderie and ev- everyone kind of getting into it. So I've seen a few comments on on social media to say. You know, I've got, I've managed to get, nab myself a ticket. I'll sing for you know. I don't usually sing, but I'll make sure I make some noise for for all the people who can't be there. So, um, I think it'll really help the players, and it, it just starts to kind of tip the balance in terms of a home advantage again. So, no, I'm all for it, but I won't be attending for a while. Yeah, the other element as well as the the time of year, which I do think plays a factor into it, is is also the um the, the fact that people are now really used to being able to watch most of the games relatively easily. You know, you know, mo- most people don't have a my iFollow isn't working session anymore because most people have got their heads around it. Um, and also, it does seem to be less flaky for for people than it was early in the season. Um, but but I, I do think that's that's an element. If if it was it's this or there's no football. Again, I think that would make a difference. Yeah. The fact is, you, right. you, you people have kind of, even though it's not the same and it's nowhere near as good, um, we have started to, you know, following Norwich this season has been a bit like following, you know, being a, being a so called fan of of one of the big clubs. You know, where basically your your match day experience starts at two minutes to three and finishes at you know one minute past the final whistle. And 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 the the element, and I'm obviously teasing a bit because you know lo- loads of people love big clubs and and go through the ringer like like we all do. But but that though, what I'm referring to there is there is actually something particularly convenient, especially for example, I was thinking about this last night when I was desperate to turn the, the game off and I was going to turn the game off when it was very very clear what was going to happen um but then we brought on um Tyrese the young lad and I was like well now well now I have to watch because this is his his debut and, and I want to make sure that I uh, you know at least have a few mental notes of, of how well he's played and unfortunately he missed a sitter um and so I, I ended up having to watch it all I think that was I don't yes. think it was a chance I don't I don't think he could have got on the end of that I, I think that's a bit harsh well yeah I'm deliberately playing it up a bit but but the point but the point is I <laughs> the point like is you, I, I I but I know, right? But I referenced I referenced that as a point of I remember that that yeah that that incident happening. I want that in my head. I want to remember the fact that that that, that, that happened because that's you know that's the kind of fan I am, uh, you know, a bit of a loser. And when it comes to the end of the game, though, I thought, well, it is kind of nice that you know the, the second this ball, the second the whistle is going to blow, I can just turn this off and then I can just immediately make my wife a cup of tea and go up and see the boys. Um, in bed and um, you know chill out and do something different and I'm in the warm and, and I haven't got to kind of schlep across loop and get in the car and you know that that, that kind of element of, of, of those of us who go regularly um, if you've lost the guy's a faff <laughs> even even at home even walking across the city back to the car park is a faff um, so it, you know it's um, that I think that element plays into it as well that that's that whilst I cannot wait until we are all back was brothers and sisters and um in in that one place making one kind of noise and wanting the same thing there's, there's no feeling like it but it, I, I don't know I don't know if it's going to feel like that now what might happen is Saturday 
I might go, oh, no, I've called this wrong because there's a few of my friends who are going this Saturday. And if, if they if they're reporting that, do you know what, the, the atmosphere was was pretty noisy and it, it did feel similar, then, you know, I've got someone at home who who had to shield from, from work for, for several months earlier in the year and, and hasn't been able to go back to their, their normal job because, um, you know, they are particularly vulnerable with with health condition. Um, and likewise, have got, um, yeah, we are going to mix with the the exact number of people you're allowed to mix with, and and a couple of those are are more elderly parents who we need to make sure we're keeping safe. So, you know, that is at the back of my mind. And if I was to go, I would need to I would need to really make sure that I am I am comfortable that I am heightening a risk for. Let's face it, it's the most important passion in my life. You know, besides from 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 family and friends, of course. But it is the most important to me, thing to me is is Norwich City and supporting Norwich City. But is that more important than what now with the vaccine is two months away, three months away at the most until actually, in theory, at least, as you say, the most vulnerable they should have got round. You know, the key workers are starting to get it in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I might be I might be severely tempted if Saturday, if the reports of the guys that go Saturday and girls um, are, are positive. I might find it difficult not to try and sneak one in. There is also the element I'd quite like to wait until all the good good players at back fit <laughs> yeah which and again that could play into it there's so many factors and i think the one thing we we haven't talked about is is the price of the tickets and i know you disagree with me but i thought 30 pounds was really really steep i you know i know loads and loads of people have said oh it's reasonable what are people moaning about but ultimately um and the average season ticket in the barclay end works out at roughly 21 pounds a game 22 pounds a game over a 23 game season so you couple that then, in my mind, with the fact that the club have said quite nicely to us, we'd really like to keep your money for 12 months. Is that all right? I just think they possibly could have just paid it back a little bit. you know. And, and I realise, look, this is small change, but it's small change to the club as well. So in my head, I, in back it fag, pack it maths, as I understand it, there's about 180, nearly 200 corporate seats that will be sold as part of the 2000. So whether they're existing corporates or not that have already paid up, I don't know, but that might not be much revenue for the club. Um, so you've got 1,800 tickets that are sold. Say it was 20 quid instead of 30 quid. It's about 18 grand that they'd be losing. This isn't, you know, kind of big money to to the football club. In fact, that's Josip Dermich's like wages for about three and a half days, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I think for me, I'd have just liked the club to have paid it back a little bit more given that they've they're holding on to people's money and they're holding on to it with permission but i don't know it's a big ask when people are still paying their direct debits as well well yeah so as you as you prefaced that and you know it would always be handy if you do point out i disagree with you before you start each point it saves us a lot of time the podcast would be short wouldn't it um but... to be fair mate <laughs> it, 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 i mean i think people know by now anyway don't they <laughs> yeah it's look, i i i everything you've just said is um you know fair um, and I get it. My feeling on it, and, and my season ticket is um, about twenty six pound a game. So you know, closer to the closer to the the, the thirty. But uh, the, 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 what the way they contextualise it, and I was on the, the fans forum representing ACM with with Maddie and a couple of others um, when they they took, consulted us about it. Um, that they basically said, look, we there were plenty of games in the championship that were more than thirty quid um, last time we were in it. Um, we haven't increased the season ticket prices for a while. Um, people were given the opportunity to, to to take their to take their cash back. I think, and they didn't say this, and I must say they didn't say this. I can't help but think they were pleasantly surprised that only a thousand people 
um, asked for the rebate. I, th- I think that was. Pro- I think they were probably bracing themselves for that being worse than it was in terms of cash. So that that more plays to your argument than mine. That, that that's a, that's another reason to to kind of be okay. But again, you're talking about in 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 the very reason that you gave for why it's a small amount of money, i.e., three and a half days of of Joseph's um, wages. That's exactly a reason I would say for let's try and recoup every little bit they can because actually um, if they can get three and a half days of, of a player that they're having to pay off their contract because because you know Farker hasn't managed to to reconcile with him or, or get a, get a tune out of him um, then that is really important cash to try and recoup because the corporates they are existing corporates and they're they're corporates who in really good faith. Um, renewed their contracts even though the club were not legally allowed to deliver on most of the contra deals that they have in place they weren't able to give them the match ball sponsorship the appearances with the players um, the PR opportunities all of the stuff in the Premier League that, that corporate people pay top dollar for and get really good return on the investment for I can speak from personal experience having your brand associated with a Premier League football club it makes a big difference compared to putting your logo on the side of a bus or whatever um, it, it's they, they, that was really good faith shown by a lot of the corporate sponsors, and they really need to start repaying some of that as quickly as they can, um, because that is a crucial, especially as a yo-yo team, it's crucial to have those positive corporate responses. Um, now, we, there's other other people in our our kind of network of, of long come Norwich and Barclanders who feel really, really vociferous on this point, and they don't like the fact that I I view the corporate side of football you know in, in what i would view as just a realistic view um but but the, the fact of the matter is the fact that our that our commercial team at norwich city plays such a blinder when it comes to the commercial contracts and, and sponsorships and, and and what have you that is why we are able to um that's one of the reasons we're able to have good transfer windows and, and be savvy it's one of the reasons why we are not hit as badly as we could have been by some of the covid stuff because they've, they've created fantastic relationships and so you know i think the balance is right you know they could easily have have, have, have pushed it pushed the boundaries more and, and had a, a higher percentage of corporates who you know have, have kind of paid their money but they've tried to do it based on percentage of of, of, of how many um seats in the ground are taken by each type of fan base i think so no, is I, that right? Because I mean, I guess you're talking. Is it really that like ten thousand? Oh, sorry, t- roughly ten percent of areas, or kind of just under ten percent of areas, are occupied by corporates. I mean, uh, I've got no idea. Genuinely, no idea. Uh, well, if it, no, I don't think it would be as high as that in terms of individual, but in terms of revenue, it probably is. Is is yeah. is, is probably less than that. And and also the South Stand in particular, um, as you know, that is where most of the prawn sandwich lots in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, it, again, I, I'm not saying it's an exact re- um, representation of it, but I, I I almost I almost would forgive the club a little bit more from look everybody this isn't going to be like proper football yet so we're going to use this opportunity to try and make sure we don't get too many people coming after us for breach of contract um, yeah. which let's have it right could have happened if it if the if those relationships weren't managed better at the end of last season um, so yeah look I we we get, we we've already agreed to disagree on it um, the uh, you know it's not like you think it should be a fiver. Um, which obviously would be ridiculous. It's not like I. Th- yeah. It's not like I think it should be fifty quid. Which again would be ridiculous. I, I think we're we're kind of ten ten to fifteen pounds apart um, on on w- what would be fair. And I I just feel that, that at the moment we we as fans need to understand that they can't be as fair as they would love to be. Had we have stayed up, had we had put up a decent fight, had we have had a decent transfer um, window, or just one of the two had been decent then we may well have been in a much better position to be fairer in inverted commas um, this season. 
Um, but, but yeah, I mean, all of that is logical from, from what you said, and, and I get the point about corporates. I think from a from, you know from a long term marriage point of view, I think sometimes the issue for us is that that corporates seemingly are prioritised over the every man in the stands, and, and and that's been the problem certainly with with flag activity. You know, kind of we've we've seen that um, corporates have have raised issue about you know kind of views when a flag might have got in someone's way and and you know that i think that's where there's you know kind of a bugbear so in terms of the revenue that it generates i I certainly agree with you the club need to maximize every opportunity that they can possibly get to to do so but um yeah we're we're not you know look we're quibbling over a tenner you know and and it's not you know kind of it's not big ticket um stuff but at the same time i just think they could have they could have given back a little bit more and all right, we were in the Premier League, but we turned a £2 million profit last season despite COVID. And I know we've got losses forecast, but we've also probably sold about £40 million quid's worth of players um, this summer as well. So I don't think we're short. Um, and like I say, 18 grand a game doesn't seem that much to me. So going back to something else that we were arguing about, and that was um, whether or not Luton are shit. So my, hey. my my kind of my kind of take on it was that they um, they played a cup game. You know, they they played a cup game that uh, as if they were a League Two team and we were a Championship team, um, and they effectively took the absolute gifts that we gave them. Um, and their plan was like nearly everyone's plan is let's sit behind the ball and, and hope that they don't have they're not sharp enough up front to, to take advantage of all the possession they're going to have. Um, they played some relatively tidy stuff that that most full time professional footballers can play. Um, but man for man, none of them would get in our squad, let alone our first team. Um, I mean, they, well, they probably maybe at the moment. Well, well, three of them would get on the bench because <laughs> that, would, that would make a difference. Um, that, you know, but you know, their goalkeeper was you know that that unbelievable kind of Maradona style run that he had without the ball in the second half, where all of a sudden he was nearly on the halfway line. Um, yeah, and then lost it. And yeah, then, yeah, he, he was. He was contrived to. They contrived to win it back, didn't they? Yeah, but yeah. He, he, was, he, he did really he well. Born, I thought their keeper looked really good for a second choice keeper. I was impressed. Um, impressed with him. Look, I, I mean, I do disagree with your point. I don't. This isn't a bad championship side. This is a side that, um, all right. And it was behind closed doors, so the context is slightly different. But Luton were really in the mire last season, like really in the mire pre-COVID. No, I think Nathan Jones then comes back to the club kind of around May time and. The, pretty much the last i think it they only won oh they only lost sorry like one of their last like might be like 13 or 14 games in the championship i'm probably getting that wrong but you know they 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 went on a ridiculous run at the end of last season and looked really good doing it and tried to play quite a bit of football and i think they did try and play a little bit they they knew their limitations of course and as you say man for man quality wise you know kind of in terms of technical skills then they they weren't you know they they couldn't really lay a glove on us but at the same time they had a little bit more heart a little bit more energy a little bit more endeavor which is the, you know kind of goes into the fact that we were running on empty as well um but no i was really impressed with them i thought they were really organized i really liked them and i i think they'll be just fine they're a mid table championship side at the moment they're six points behind us as we stand after 15 games so they can't be that bad yeah, since you you are right though. Since February, you know, admittedly there was a gap. Um, they only lost once um, in the last um, double digit series of, of games. Uh, I mean, that was a five nil thumping that, that they lost to, to Reading. Um, but but yeah, you're, you're right. I, but again, let's not let's not get it right. What I'm not saying is 
I'm not saying they're, they're, they're not better than last year. I'm not saying that he hasn't done a good job organising them. I'm not saying that they uh, didn't go on a good run. I'm not saying they're not informed. I'm not saying they're not a tidy championship team. I'm saying that fundamentally... They aren't very good. <laughs> they are. They are not a good team. They were. They didn't play great football last night. They basically played, um, you know, ten men behind the ball. We'll nick chances when we can. We gave them more possession than they would. They could have probably expected to have. Um, and there were a few really nice flicks, tricks, and, and balls through from Emmy. Um, that that on another day, um, you know, two definitely two out of our three strikers would have been on the end of. Um, would have made the right run, would have made, would have guessed the right way. That's not Shemi, that's not Steepy. Um, I thought that what was actually heartening from last night's performance is how little, and again, I'm, I'm pretty brutal on my timeline, but how little grief I actually saw the team, the boss take. Um, yeah. I think most people are, are are fairly content. I mean, one, we're top of the league. Let's have it right. It doesn't matter if you lose six nil. If you yeah. if you six yeah. if you lose six nil, it doesn't matter if you're top of the league. But um, you know, realistically, that the, the the effort and the application was there. I, I, yes, the defending was a bit sloppy, but I honestly think that you put Tim Cruel in there, and this is not getting on at McGovern. His job is a backup, and you know, he, he you could argue that he's he's worth two or three bad performances now and again simply because of how much apparently he does from a culture point if you run the building, and he's not expected to play very often. I think Cruel comes and Cruel saves the first one, no doubt, and Cruel comes and gets the second one, and, and it's a different game. I don't think Cruel saves either of them. In fairness, I don't. I don't think I have got no issue with with Luton's goals. I, th- I think they were relatively well taken. What I do have issue with is you could probably argue for all three of Luton's goals. The refereeing decisions were were absolutely woeful. They're poor, not free yeah. kicks for the first two. It's not a penalty, is it? Let's be fair. Like Grant Hanley is is kind of helped to the ground, and then if you're falling over and it hits your arm, all right, we, you know the the refs among us might go oh, letter of the law, but it's a foul on Hanley prior to that. They they were, you know, the officials were really, really poor last night. And I don't like to get onto officials because, you know, I've refereed games. It, it isn't an easy job. But at the same time, yeah, they were shite. Absolute shite. So looking ahead, we've got Sheffield Wednesday uh, coming up on Saturday and we are still expecting Timo uh, Bocchi to uh, be fit and playing. Um, have you seen anything that, that suggests we're not going to have the go up front? No, I think Farker was still indicating that that he'd be okay for Saturday, um, and I think we're going to need him because you know it's now Farker ball versus Pulis ball, and again they're going to be relatively well organised, and, and we've come up against two organised sides. I think you know in, in Coventry and, and Luton, who perhaps don't have good technical players, we're now going to come up against a side which you know Tony Pulis has had two three games to to get his teeth into. He's had a good look at his squad. He knows what they can deliver for him now, and. I think we'll we'll see a, a Sheffield Wednesday side that that are kind of at it. So you hope that the home crowd gets behind them. That 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 makes a difference for us because the players are making all the noises. That that you know without fans, you know it wasn't as easy, and they, they needed us. So you know let let's hope that that makes a big difference because there'll be no away fans. Um, but I think it's it's going to be tough unless we have Pookie because we've missed it the last two games. His movement up front and the way it's not just him getting onto things. It's him creating space for others, and it's his work rate as a striker as well. For a, for a lad who is playing on an injury, you know he still tracks back. He he still works the the back line in the cover as much as he possibly can. He's he's a silent leader, but he's an absolute example to to someone like Adam Eder who's who's coming through this setup. That that's exactly what you need to do for your team as a striker. You know, kind of yes, you'll be judged on goals, but managers will judge you as much on the work that you put in on the pitch as well. 
Yeah, I think uh, Emmy's been purring last couple of games. Obviously, not the one he didn't mm-hmm. play. Um, and and I thought last night, first half, he, he got a bit um, disillusioned. Second half, and he, we started to see the, you know, throwing his toys out the pram, refusing to come back after losing the ball. You know, getting pretending he was injured once he would tackled that kind of side of him came back in the second half when it was clear which way the wind was blowing. But first half, he he was putting some fantastic stuff through that, as I said previously, we just didn't have the personnel to capitalize on. Um, mm-hmm. I. I um, I think him and him and Puki together against Sheffield Wednesday, bearing in mind that they played over an hour with 10 men last night and, and you know, by all, all accounts should have had four penalties given against them. The Reading lot were absolutely furious. Um, I, I caught a little bit of the, the post-match reaction and normally football players, even younger professional football players are, you know, media trained and they don't tend to, to, to go on about it. But I saw a couple of the Reading players just say, well, we should have had four penalties. It's ridiculous. I don't know what the referee's doing. You know, it's just, they, I mean, I, I haven't actually seen the incidents, but yeah, there was one, one of them was a stonewaller. The other three, you'd be aggrieved if they were given against you. I think it was one of those, but equally, it, you know, if, if your player is on the end of it, you, you'd you want the decision to be given. They were kind of 50-50. So, Let's have it yeah, right. I mean, I'm I, always aggrieved. I'm always aggrieved when a penalty is given against us. Whether you're always aggrieved. Yeah. Like, let's just finish the sentence there. No, mate, this that's is, but that's that's the interesting thing. So so last night, there were, last night there was in, in one of my uh, what, muted WhatsApp group chats, um, there, there was a little bit of frustration um, with from, from a couple of quarters around whether or not we could have come up with, with something slightly different in the second half. And I certainly thought we should have um, changed it earlier than we did. Um, but likewise, I, I did qualify that at the time when I was talking to you that um, I, he, I focus on a hide into nothing. It, it, like as far, you know, if he'd have lost five, six nil last night, you just go fair enough, mate. You, you've taken us as far as you can with, you know, half a team. Um, we let's we start getting people back, you know, in in the next couple of weeks, and and we'll kind of start judging again from there. But there, you know, there was there was a little bit of grumblings around about, about not changing things a bit sooner, and and just thinking, well, we might as well lose with a couple of youngies in the side, and that there is that conversation of, oh, well, you ruin them if you bring them in. You just think, well, Josh Murphy came on something like five nil down or something at the Etihad. had. Um, yeah, I, I think if you're good enough, then you're brave enough, and and I th- but but I think that you've. Absolutely touched on the point. If you're good enough, and and Farker, you know, let's face it, he wasn't planning on bringing any of these young lads through this season, and the, and the club development pathways probably weren't set up for any of these lads being on the bench, with the exception maybe of Oma Bamadeli, who they you know, they they really rate as we understand it. This this is these are lads who are so you know, kind of so shortly or the path that they're treading, you know, kind of has been so short so far that they haven't even got to the point where the club have said, oh, let's stick you out on loan. And all the players who perhaps are a bit closer to it possibly are out on loan. I mean, we've got loads out yeah. on the moment, at the moment, haven't we? Yeah. So these are young lads who, you know, effectively will still qualify to be part of the under 18 setup. And look, Farker knows like his players, he will know if these lads are ready and, he didn't think they were ready for for serious minutes in a championship game. Yeah, I, I, and we've like got to trust saying, him with that. We've I agree. got to trust yeah. him with that. I think. No, I do agree. I think it, it, it's frustration when you just think that it, 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 this is looking like one of those days where even you know where it isn't one of those days where you think no, keep being patient. Eventually, it'll happen. It's like no, this is one of these days where it's never going to happen. It, it felt like that quite early on in the second half. Um, so that's where the frustration and, and you're so used to there yeah, being. Yeah, I see that. There's, you're so used to there being at least someone who would change it. The, the one thing I would say finally on on substitutions, and, he, and he's been really good at substitutions so far this season. When he, when he's had them to make, he has made them sooner than normal. Um, the that Zimbo needs to stop coming on and being awful. 
Um, you know, he nearly he, scored. He, he scored, mate. He, yeah. Did you see where the where the where it was headed before this infection? <laughs> uh, he, Oi, he, he, he don't he, take it away from him. Yeah. No. I. Uh, you know. You know. Zimbo's been been fantastic for us, but the the last two sub performances, he's come on and almost immediately conceded a goal, um, or conceded a really massive chance and got booked. <laughs> he just needs to. Yeah. yeah. He, I mean, Zimmerman's a great player at this level, but I think. He he's going to need a few games to play his way back in if, if Hanley or, or Gibson gets injured. You know he, he'll need a couple of nineties before he's peak Zimbo. We are joined by Millie, captain and midfielder, and Alice, left back from the Norwich City Ladies team. Thank you ever so much for coming on the podcast. Um, it's nice to to have two players on from uh, who wear our hallowed badge. Um, first off, Millie. Uh, tell us a little something about your, your footballing career so far. So, you know, you've come all the way through to, to captain of the side. So have you always been leadership material? So back in the day for youth football, I used to be captain. Um, and then I I joined women's, well, yeah, ladies football when I was 16 and I played for Lowestoft. Um, they're no longer, a, um, like they haven't got a ladies team anymore. So um, before they actually folded, um, I got asked to play for Norwich and being a Norwich fan I immediately said yes um, and then throughout kind of the three seasons I kind of progressed quite a lot there actually and I think um, my personality come out a bit more um, playing for Norwich um, and that kind of led me to the leadership role I think so um, yeah which is really nice because I love I love it and I'm quite passionate. Well, I'm very passionate about about football and the club. Um, so I think, yes, if I I feel like I fit in quite nicely there, which is lovely. So you feel like you're home. So, but I was really interested in um, you know kind of women's football across locally across the region, really more than anything, because it it struck me that as you say, you used to play for Lowestoft, and I know that Wroxham ladies had had a really good setup as well. Um, why do you think it was that there was all of these kind of local, really good setups and the standard was really, really high and actually Norwich wasn't the pinnacle? Or am I right in saying that? It kind of felt like there was lots of the the really, really technically good players and they just weren't playing for Norwich City, which is totally bizarre to, in my mind, in Norfolk. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know the history behind, like, why people aren't, like, aren't, like that interested in, well... I mean, they probably are a bit more now, but weren't in that interested in coming to Norwich and joining um, the team. But yeah, I really don't know. And I think it, it's such a shame because you have like, um, obviously, if you put all the best players in Norfolk into one squad, you're going to have such a good team. So um, yeah, I don't, I'm not really sure why, but it's just, just how it's been for a very long time. Okay, thank you. Well, Alice, tell us a little bit about your career so far then so as I understand it you start or you used to play for Norwich City Women's and then you um, played for West Ham and you've come back how do the the kind of setups compare? It's very different Um, um, last year I was playing um, academy football um, in the under 21 league Um, so it is very different because it's very technical Um, and then whereas women's game like it's such a different game like there's it's totally different because like you've got to be stronger um yeah it's just really different but I, I love that Norwich I'm really pleased to come back um I feel like within the women's game I feel like you learn a lot more because 
you've got a, all of these players around you have so much experience, so you learn off them a lot more than you would against your own age group as such. And what was, has anything changed much at the club since you've kind of you've been away and then you've come back? Oh God, yeah, massively. Um, obviously, changing like management. Um, the committee has become very apparent, and um, I think that's made like a massive difference um, from when I was last there. Um, and just like the whole structure of the club, because obviously now the reserve team and the first team, um, it's more like of a one club. Um, mentality um, and everyone sort of come together um, and it's really nice really nice vibe and everyone yeah I think yes yeah, it's much better and we've had such a great start to the season It's interesting you say about the, the one club mentality Alice I was really interested to get your take Millie because obviously you've you've played for the club for a number of years and, and as an outsider looking in it didn't feel like the men set up and, and, you know, and the people at, at Carrow Road necessarily supported you guys as, as much as I think maybe they should have done in the past, like both financially and, and probably, you know, in, you know, just actually in loads of other ways as well. Seems like that's changed over the last 18 months. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's definitely fair to say, because I think we've um, kind of got a lot more recognition. Um, our media presence is a lot better now, I feel. And I think that's really helping us. Um, along with like the um, the actual club supporting us a lot more now. So like for example, um, I done a photo shoot for the third kit um, with Amy Durren, who's another player, and we like are in the same video as some of the men's, and like we got like um, photos on there, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just like just us in the kit, and it just really promotes like the whole like one club um, like feeling really and I know I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this I'm sure I will be but I know two of the players so Tim Krull and um, Odell Hernandez are sponsoring two of our players so I think that really brings like a like a connectedness between us Mm. um, and I think that's brilliant yeah well they are two of the they're two of the players in the men's squad who seem to get a lot of the community element of just being at Norwich anyway so so they're two of the players who um you know do the most with the with the fan groups do the most in terms of getting involved in the community i mean Norwich has always been a good club for that and in the last few years is is no different but yeah it's really encouraging to hear that that you guys are feeling a, a similar a similar kind of vibe <laughs> So we've now been joined as well by uh, Sean, the head coach. Um, so tell us a little bit about, about yourself and, and so that the Longcome Norwich listeners get, get an understanding of you know, your credentials and, and how you ended up with the at the wheel at, at Norwich City Ladies. I've pretty much been involved in football all my life. I played it as a kid. I was at, I was at Norwich. It's the same old story. You, you get released at 14. And then I went to Cambridge. Um, I did a, a, it was a YTS back then, so the old scholarship or the new scholarship. Was lucky enough to get, get a pro contract um, and then got signed for Leighton Orient. Um, and I had had two years there, but unfortunately I had to stop through injury. Um, and then I got into coaching, really. So I've been coaching since I was probably 19. Um, I worked for Norfolk FA. I, play, I still played. I played for Wroxham for, for 16, 16 years. And I just got into coaching that way. Worked for Norfolk FA. Worked for, I now work for CSF. Um, and I've just been learning the, the the trade of coaching for for the last twenty odd years and and trying to develop myself as a coach and this opportunity came along um, through my links with CSF and I thought it was a great opportunity one to challenge myself but two hopefully try and get the ladies team to where they should be and where they deserve to be. 
Yeah, we had a bit of a, a chat about that you know, just before you were able to join us this evening um, around, the, in theory, the, the catchment area that, that, that the team have got to, to call upon. Where, where would you say we are at the moment um, as, as a ladies team? Um, how, how much do you think we're fulfilling our poten- potential, either from a kind of percentage wise or, or where are we on our, our journey and our development, do you think? Um, we're getting there. We're not, I don't think we're, we're close to the potential that we, we've got. I think the support of, of the main football club now and the support of CSF and the committee that we've got um, have really helped. We've got a clear player pathway now for, through the youth section of, of the Girls Academy programme. So we've got a clear pathway of, of these young girls coming through and, and playing for us. So I think we're a long way from, from where we're going to be, but we're, we've started to make real good inroads. And I think it was about changing the culture, changing the mentality of the whole club. Um, and that was the first thing I wanted to do. And like I said, we're, we're probably three months into a, into a journey that's going to take a while, but we're making real good, good inroads to it. But there's still a, a long way to go and, and we're all working hard to make sure that, that we do fulfil the potential that the club does have. Whereabouts in the pyramid are we then? Whereabouts in the pyramid is Norwich City Ladies uh, with regards to um, leagues, teams, other teams that we're playing in, standards? Like, just just kind of contextualise it for us. So we're in tier four. So you've got the, you've got the Super League and then Championship, and then you've got the National League. So you've got the National League, and then and then we're in the regional division of that. So we're we're, we're three tiers off off the top. So um, it's equivalent to sort of conference. Um, Sort of national league standard for the for the men's, so we play we play the likes of Cambridge United, we play Ipswich, um, Billericay, sort of teams in the southeast region, Wimbledon and stuff like that. So and then if we were to go up, we'd then go into the the southern section of of the championship. So you you touch on oh I wanted to touch on that Sean that you'd you'd recently played um, Ipswich and I think you guys had lost three 0 in that one and last season I think you were quite a way off them you know the result was a bit more emphatic last season um so it'd be really good to probably to get your take Sean in terms of you know how far the, the team has come but also maybe like Millie and Alice's you know kind of what's what's changed from playing Ipswich last season and it really not being close at all to this season where as we understand it it was quite a creditable performance um yeah I think it was but I think Everyone needs to understand that we're a million miles away from where Ipswich are with regard to their setup. They're part of the England pathway, so they get um, funding from the FA, and all the girls that um, are on the England pathway under 16 go to their academy. So they have a full time academy there, and they get all the players. So two of our players from last season went into their academy. So in theory, they 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 should be playing way higher than they should, um, and I think. They show that, but the results have had. Now they beat Cambridge ten nil. So we went into that game thinking we've got nothing to lose. We've got no fear. Um, the girls were a little bit apprehensive about it, since the last game they played last season, they lost ten nil. So it was just a case of, of believing in themselves and, and understanding that actually we're on a real good journey ourselves. It's a different journey to Ipswich, um, but again, it's it's a positive journey, and it was a real positive result. It wasn't normally how we like to play, so we had to be a bit more cautious in how we play. But that was our game plan. Um, we didn't do it well enough in the first half. Partly my fault because I didn't recognise it early enough. But the girls really swung it, and I think it was they came off that pitch with in, with such a high because they were worried going into the game. But actually, they came off with real credit, and we we lo- actually lost three one, and we're, we're the first team to score a goal against them this season. So it was a real credible, creditable performance, and I think the girls should you know 
are really proud of of actually going up against these these players that are that are in the England pathway and actually England internationals. What what did you make of it, Millie? Because obviously you'd played in both games, I guess. Um, well, I didn't actually play in this game because I was injured. Um, however, from like I watched the game and you could just see there was so much more belief from the players um, than there was in the previous game when we lost. So oh, when we lost by quite a lot, but um, yeah, you can really see like I think like carrying on from what Sean kind of said, we've got like a philosophy that we want to like that we want to play to, and we did have to kind of divert away from that but I think that shows like the actual like faith we put in Sean as a coach as well so if that makes sense so I think like all together it it really worked against Ipswich so yeah this time was just it just it had a different feel about it I think yeah the girls were a bit apprehensive going into it but once they'd settled it was actually like they were enjoy like they had they were enjoying the game like last time I know for one I didn't particularly enjoy by losing by like 10 goals so I think yeah when the girls found their feet like especially in the second half they they didn't score in the second half and we won that second half so yeah I I think um, overall there was a really positive gain out of that game. What about the the style? So so Millie, um, you you were talking earlier um, about kind of different styles, and and Alice, same for you, because obviously you you were talking about how when you were playing um, with West Ham, um, you know, it's a very different style of football in terms of the physicality and the technicality. So how, how do you feel that the, the style of football is is changing or or has changed and has developed? Like, and how how much better do you think you you guys can get in terms of technically on on the ball? Um, so I think like the way that we want to play as a team is being implemented in every like training um, that we're having and in every match we're trying to play that way and um, compared to last season we really didn't have much structure regarding our philosophy and the way we wanted to play so I think it's a lot clearer this season how we actually want to play and it is working like you can see in the games it's working but yeah, there's still more to work on. However, it is like it is working, and it's it's feeling good when when we're doing it right. Yeah. Alice, tell us a little bit about what kind of commitment it is, because I'm guessing you guys kind of hold down either full time jobs or studying commitments, and then you've got you know kind of matches at the weekend and midweek training. You know, what's the schedule like, and how do you guys cope with that? Um, I, we train tw- twice a week. Um, oh no, I think oh, oh, do we still train twice? Sorry. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Sean will tell you, surely. Well, you can train twice a week. Now we were training twice a week up um, for the last up until um, obviously the the break, but we're training once a week, and I think that's important that the girls don't have too much commitment because they do have busy lives. Like you said, you know, we've got nurses, we've got police officers, we've got people working full time jobs, we've got students, and I didn't want football to become a burden to them. So, you know, training two nights a week plus everything they have to do as well, I think was was tough for them. And I think they found it, especially through the winter months, especially when they weren't doing so well, they found it really tough to motivate themselves. So I wanted them to be excited to come to training. And so we train for, we train on a Wednesday night and, and, and we do two hours, but we do two intense hours, two real tough, intense hours. And then we plan the Sunday. So, but the girls have a bit of responsibility like, about keeping themselves fit and healthy. You know, we have a fitness coach who's who's bang on it with regards to making sure that they keep their levels up. 
but it was just a case of actually getting the girls to to love football again because I think after last season, especially the way it finishes, they just they just fell out of love with it, and that was the job was actually getting them back loving what what they want to do, get back enjoying being on the pitch, and I think the way we've done it is is try to real focus on on that and the positives, and yeah, it's it's just a case of them, you know. The girls, are, the girls are really good, and, and if they have belief in themselves and they have belief in each other, they can. They'll be a match for anybody. So you mentioned the the break there, which is a, a, one of the nicer ways of referring to it. Um, so what's it been like, uh, Alice? Billy, you know, with stopping and starting due to, to COVID, like how how were you managing to keep yourself fit without that kind of two hour intense session every week? Um, I've actually this four week period has been like. I suppose I've really missed football, don't get me wrong. Um, but it's given me a chance to get my fitness to where I've wanted it to be. Um, and I didn't feel that it was at where I personally wanted it to be. So I've been getting into running, um, like 10Ks, 15Ks, um, all over lockdown. And I've actually, I've, running's never been my thing, um, but I've actually grown to really, really enjoy it. So I've kept myself fit that way, but it's really hard to sort of get that match sort of fitness because that's so such a different sort of thing um but yeah I've really I've really enjoyed it um having this little break I, I'm, I, I tell you what you must be really quite good at football if you can if you can kind of you know be one of our best players and you don't run about like, like, how have you managed to how have you managed to play football at a decent level and you don't run <laughs> I think I think because they're enjoying it it isn't hard for them I think that's part of the reason, you know, when you're losing and when things are tough, it, everything's tough. You know, you get more injuries, you get more niggles. It just seems that little bit more of a sprint becomes a little bit harder. But because they've, we've got a real positive mentality at the minute, I think I don't think they realise that they're doing the hard work, if, if that makes sense, because they're just enjoying it. And that's, that's what football should be. You know, we, we all have busy lives, we all have stressful, stressful lives. And I didn't want football to be a stress to them as well. I didn't want them to have to worry about it. But things become a little bit easier if you're if you're enjoying it. Okay, so to kind of round up, what what would you say is the um, is is the future? What, what what kind of goals have you set yourself? So starting with you, sure, and then and then going around to, to your players on the line as well. Um, what yeah, what goals have you set yourself for, for the end of this season and 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 for maybe the next couple of seasons as to to, to how you can kick on as as a group or as individuals? Uh, it, it, this might sound really strange, but this season wasn't about this season. This season's about next season. I think I think it was just a case of of building a culture that that, that ran throughout the club. You know, support uh, it supported by the values that the main club has. So we've tried to build a real good culture, and we tried to just raise the belief in the players and put a philosophy in play that 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 is easily recognisable and and easy for the girls to play and enjoyable for the girls to play. So this season, it's just a case of of embedding that philosophy, embedding that culture working towards hopefully next season when, when we may and if, if everything goes how, how we want to do, have an opportunity to really push up the league and, and try and, and get the promotion. I think the committee and the, the, the chairman have, have set a three-year goal to get um, promotion. I think last season was the first of that three years, but I've, I've asked for a bit of grace and I've asked for three years starting from when I started. So, yeah, like I said, this year is just about getting that culture in, getting that philosophy, getting the girls back to loving football and, and, and winning some games of football and then building for hopefully, which will be a really positive season next season. And what about you, Alice? What, what would you say is, is your, what you're hoping to achieve rest of the season and, and, and kicking on for the next couple of years? Um, 
I definitely think, I think we've got such a talented group of players. I've said this um, since I've joined, really, um, especially the season um, that's just been when I wasn't there and looking and watching the games and seeing the results not going their way. Um, I could never quite get my head around it, to be honest. Um, because if you ever came and watched training, you'd think we're unreal. But then sometimes on a game day, doesn't fall that way. That's football. Um, but I definitely think that promotion's well within our reach. Um, I agree with Sean with this season. Um, and I think that next season, I think it's well within our grasp. It's just getting everyone to believe, really. And once everyone believes in ourselves and each other, um, I think we're, we'll be flying. And how can we, uh, Millie, support um, the, the the ladies team and, and, and push this one club um, idea no, to, to support you guys over the next couple of years? Um, I think the girls really enjoy kind of the one club feeling I think I know there's quite a few Norwich fans in the um in the club but like just regarding like the players sponsors and stuff like that just little things like that that's really kind of gives us a bit of a boost because we feel like we're actually being like it's just a nice feeling to feel supported and and like that people are putting their kind of trust in us to actually go out and deliver what we've set out to do in regards to like support, probably just come to watch the games and media coverage and stuff like that. It's just it's nice to feel like people are actually there to support us. Yeah, we'll we'll make sure we 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 get uh, an along come Norwich presence down to to the games once we uh, once this little break, as as Sean refers to it, is over and, and 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 normality comes back a little bit more. So yeah, thanks so much for for joining us. We really really appreciate it. Um, and we'll keep our eyes out for you um, in the in, in the coming results in, in the coming games. Who, who's next up for you, Sean? So we we haven't got a game till the twentieth of December. So we've got Kent at home um, on the twentieth. So that's our our last game until Christmas, and then we start again on the tenth. So if if people want to come and have, watch a game of football, um, we are restricted to number of fans, but not as 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 severely as as the first team. So we play at the Nest, which is only opposite the airport. So and it's an enjoyable game, you know. Girls football, well, women's football doesn't get the, the credit it deserves because the girls are very good. It's very technical and it's very exciting. And you'll see from some, from some of the score lines, it, it, sometimes it tends to be a quite open game. So it, it, it's an enjoyable game to watch. And I don't think you get, the women's football gets the credit it, it deserves. It's starting to. But, they, you know, if you enjoy watching football and you, and you, and you were supporting OC, then it's definitely a good second to the first team magic alright well thanks so much for joining us guys um, mate, we'll, we'll make sure we, we give you guys a push when, when the fixtures are maybe a bit more regularly uh, coming along uh, after Christmas and uh, for everyone else who, who's been listening throughout enjoy the game that's coming up on Saturday mind how you go